Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Center. Wow. Uh, as long as there are fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross coming to you here on the eve, or as we usually assume most people are listening to this in the morning, uh, so maybe the morning of Nuggets opening night. If not, if you are listening to it on the eve of Nuggets, you live in night. Hawaii. If you're listening, to, if you're listening to it on the exactly. eve of, that's how this goes. Or you're Ryan Blackburn and you stay awake till yeah, it's four just Ryan. Ryan doesn't count. Ryan's like you know doesn't sleep the night before anyway. He's superstitious. He tries to catch Santa Claus. That's what's happening. I always loved when we were writing for Stiffs and uh, Ryan was a site manager and like news would break at like eight thirty in the morning and you're like, all right. One of us is going to have to get on this because Ryan's not even awake right now. Ryan wakes up at like one in the afternoon, like, what happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He wakes up because of the, all the Twitter notifications going off. Pretty much. Um, good times. Good times. So if you are listening to it on the eve of uh, the Nuggets season opener, we thank you for being Hi, Ryan. Yeah, good to hear. Good, right. Glad you're listening to us. Good job. Ryan doesn't listen to this show, I guarantee. <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. I listen to his show. Um, not every day. Because That's the part that matters. Who has, yeah. who has time to listen to a Nuggets podcast every day? I certainly do not. I guess I do. We're way off topic already. That's how we do it here. That's how we roll. Podcast. We don't even <laughs> let topics. What the topics. hell are topics? I know. Why do I even take the time to write a rundown? I don't know. I've been asking you that for three years. It's like writing a diet plan. It's good intentions, but... <laughs> By, by the first 10%, we're already way off track. Uh, New Year's resolutions, man. That's right, all it is. Right. Exactly. So uh, for tonight's show, we will, of course, open with our fast break bets segment. Uh, we will briefly wrap up the preseason. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've spent like three episodes talking preseason. Uh, and then we will get spend the, the meat of this show, of course, talking about the Utah Jazz and, and opening night. So with that, let's not delay i always say this at the end of the show though and i I realize that like that's bad um social media production on my part we should be giving you guys our twitter handles at the beginning of the show because the fact of the matter is not very many of you make it to the end um so make sure you guys are following us i'm at zach mikosh and gordon is at g money nugs we are on twitter and that is about the only place you're going to find us i don't know gordon you got an instagram you want to plug or something like that no i'm good man you want to plug your book nope (laughs) okay all right fair enough fair enough all right well then let's just let's just move right into it um into our fast break bet segments they're looking for a sponsor anybody out there any uh you know i see lots of people out there seemingly getting all these betting site sponsorships and i'm just wondering um if only i was like 25 and an attractive female i'd be probably (laughs) this thing would already be sponsored but sadly not the case. Anyone who wants to sponsor the uh, fast break bet segment, though, just hit me up on the aforementioned Twitter, and I will sell it to you for dozens of dollars. Exactly. Um, so we got three bets we're going to go over tonight. Somewhat pessimistic when I was doing this. I was like, I'm kind of betting against the, uh, the Nuggets here tonight, but um, I think these are good bets, all three of them. If I, uh, In fact, I probably will at least put some money down on a couple of them. Uh, let's start with the very first one I want to talk about with you, Gordon, which is the Utah Jazz plus seven and a half tonight against the Nuggets. I think, and you'll get it's minus 105, so basically even money, a bet of $105 will pay you $100. Um, I think it's a solid bet, Gordon. And here's my thing like, the Utah Jazz are awful. We all know that they probably will win 25 games at most this season. I will absolutely not be shocked in any way if one of those 25 wins comes here against the Nuggets in the opener because it's kind of like when a team trades like their star player at the deadline and then inevitably it seems like they always play the Nuggets the first game after the deadline and they every just, time right and they like I'm thinking like I very specifically I can remember when the Kings traded to Marcus Cousins 
Um, and we got them the very first game after the all-star break when they traded him. Uh, and the Nuggets just got shellacked in that one. It's not going to surprise me if it happens here. It's a little bit different because we had like an off season to kind of reset things for Utah, but that same kind of thought process is going through my head of like, all these guys on this jazz roster were either a traded by Tim Connolly twice and didn't want, were are feeling like they weren't wanted um, in Minnesota or they're guys who are like the leftover remnants, the Jordan Clarkson's and the, that's like Mike Connolly, I think still playing on this team, maybe, um, you know, the, the, the leftover remnants of the Utah jazz roster from last season. So they clearly know like, Hey, they are don't believe that we could get it done with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And now we're just kind of stuck here in this limbo. So there's a lot of like people are counting us out energy here. And I think that always, that always seems to play well. Right. So then you throw in the fact that they're at home, uh, that it's opening night that Utah, regardless of how crappy their team is and everybody knows how crappy their team is going to be like that fan base is going to show out without a yeah, doubt. They are. Uh, here tonight so I mean you put all those things together you put the fact that the Nuggets are integrating um, some new players from trades they're reintegrating players who have missed an entire season due to injury it's all very very to me much not necessarily that the Jazz will win but I think this will at least be a close game if they do not win well and the other thing that that you haven't listed yet is the fact that uh, you have exactly zero real game tape on how this lineup will play together. Right. You've never seen this version of the Utah Jazz play. So they have way more experience playing together, even though it's just a couple of preseason games, you know, because they've been practicing together for a few weeks. You haven't seen nothing that's real. You see nothing at actual game speed. You see nothing at with running actual sets. You know, like this isn't – you don't have enough tape to actually – game plan for them so even though they know exactly what you're going to be doing <clears throat> you have no idea what they'll be doing um right. and so that's always put you at a disadvantage add into that the fact that denver always plays down to the level of its opponent every single time yep um and that's just that's been this way forever um now maybe the being hyped about the season will make that different but no if if you forced me to bet whether um, Utah would cover seven and a half or not, I would definitely, um, I would bet the, they're going to cover it, that the game will be six points or less, you yeah. know, like that, that's just an expectation. Even if it's because in garbage time, the Nuggets are up by 15 and then the Jazz make a run. Right. Right. Like yeah. I just, it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I the Jazz with the home crowd, you know, the, the Nuggets are starting on the road. You've got, you know, Murray, who's going to be on a tender leg, who's, right. you know, going to get some minutes, is, but not a like ton of minutes. You know, coming back from an injury. And what do we know about Jamal Murray anytime, like, he's I, – I, I, I don't know how the best way to put this. But it's the same thing as, like, when he was a rookie, right? He went, like, how many games before he finally made a shot? Like, Jamal right. Murray is going to be in his head a bit, I'm guessing – and we know how that ha- how that works for Jamal in terms of shooting, right? Not good, right? So not effort wise, but shooting wise, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I, I just I think he, yeah, I'm not expecting a big game um, from Jamal tonight whatsoever, right? And again, it's fine. I don't mind that. I expect the Nuggets to be winning ugly for the first couple of weeks of the season. <laughs> it's not hey, going to be mean, a beautiful, fully tuned, maxed out Nuggets performing, you know, at their peak. It's going to be. We don't know what the hell's going on. We haven't got all these pieces organized yet. Give me a second. Right. You know, and that's fine. Um, again, the, the Jazz are in the same boat. They don't have, they're not organized yet either. But it's it's the kind of unorganized where, you know, all of a sudden Colin Sexton and Rudy Gay are going to just, you know, go off. You know what I mean? Like it's, I would expect something like that. So I'm with you. I do not expect um, the Nuggets to blow out the Jazz on opening night. Um, and we, I think we always play as tough in, in Utah. Like right. the, the, the Nuggets are terrible in Utah. They've always been terrible rival. in Utah. Yeah. It's a division rivalry. Um, and the fans remember that, even if most of the players don't, even though some of these players did play for the Nuggets, so they definitely have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they, right. You've, um, got, you've got Vanderbilt, who's on a, a chip on his shoulder. Beasley's yeah, gone. Right? Did, they, did they trade? Be- no, he just hasn't been playing. He's got a sprained. A sprained yeah, yeah. He's, so he's, I don't know if he'll play up. or not. Right. But, um, 
I guess I could do some research and probably check an injury report if I. <laughs> I uh, come on, man! We don't do research in this in this podcast. That's not part of the, what we do. It's not our nature. It's not our nature. We wing it. That's how this thing goes. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm kind of just blathering on right now as I look up this injury report. But, um, but like I said, yeah, I don't. No, I don't expect anyone to like be able to. Um, to take the Jazz and just like you know, throw them over the, the side of the arena. That's not going to happen. Or well, if it does happen, I'll be ecstatic, but I wouldn't bet it. Right. Like, you know, if that happens, that actually speaks very well for the Nuggets. But I, I would expect that with Jokic having a tender wrist and, you know, um, they're going to have minutes handy. monitoring on Jamal. Um, I assume they may have it on MPJ too, because he's going to be playing Golden State Wars. I don't expect Murray to. So yeah, I'll probably get... sit on, on Mike's minutes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I will get to MPJ here too because he's also in this fast break bet segment. But yep. um, to kind of to kind of finish up the the Utah plus seven and a half discussion, what you pointed out was good. Not only do you have Beasley, who by the way is not listed, so he we should expect him to play tomorrow. Uh, the only people listed on the injury report, at least the uh, eight thirty Mountain injury report, which is the last one of the day. Uh, Colin Gillespie obviously is out. Um, and then Udoka Asubuke also obviously out as he recovers from ankle surgery. So uh, otherwise, nobody else listed. There is no questionable designations or anything like that on Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic. Um, so according to the official injury report that was submitted by the Nuggets, those guys are all a go as of right now. Now they get to submit. It's really weird. This is, I'm, again, I'm getting off a tangent. Like the, the NBA has clearly made a change because now they used to be like you got three injury reports a day. Now they make you give one every hour starting at like 1030 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. so, I think, I think some, and, and I noticed, you know, as a person who used to, who used to cover the games and have to like look up the injury report, you did notice some teams were kind of, they're playing some games there where they're reporting. So I assume that's why. Uh, well, it's, and for, once you're betting, man, once, once it involves that's, money, that's a great point. Um, then in you're going to make sure that all the betters have the same information. And as much as possible. As much as possible. Yeah. Yep. So I guess to, to bring that point back around, the Nuggets could certainly change this. They will get to put out like six more injury reports before the game tips <laughs> off. Um, but as of right now, like I said, Colin Gillespie and Udoka Azubuke, the only people who are listed um, for this game. So that all that being said, yeah, you're going to have guys like Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt who have some motivation um, there just because they're playing the Nuggets. And you're going to have guys like Mike Connolly and Jordan Clarkson who have not forgot the bubble uh, and will also be pretty motivated to still want to beat the Nuggets because realistically, the reason that Jordan Clarkson and Mike Connolly are in the position they're in right now was kind of started there by the Nuggets uh, in the bubble. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think there's going to be a lot of motivation on Utah's side. I think they've got all of the I guess we call them the intangibles or whatever you want to with with the home court, with the good crowd, uh, with the Nuggets coming back from um, injuries and having to kind of integrate a lot of new pieces. And I just again, I mean, I don't like I said, I would not be shocked at all. I'd put this as a 50 50 game. I would not be shocked at all if the Nuggets lose to the Jazz. I'd be far more shocked if they blow them out. I guess the biggest thing that would make me worry about this line would be you could have a scenario where the Nuggets are up like by four, right, with like a minute left, and we get in that free throw game, and then they end up winning by like nine because they sure. just get the free throws out. And, and Well, there's absolutely no one who can stop Jokic from getting to the line at that point. Right. He can't right. get to the line for three and a half quarters, but at the end of the game, he definitely can. So, Which is a great segue into our next bet, which I am taking the under – on a Jokic line. Can you believe it? Um, Nicole Jokic right now, this is all on DraftKings, by the way. Uh, quick brief tangent. I used to be a bet MGM guy, but like, man, they have like nothing. The only thing they have is like the line and the spread. And basically... <laughs> um, or the, the spread and the over and the under and like that's yep. it like there's there's nothing else to bet on there so i am now i've migrated to DraftKings for my personal sports betting um yep. here in the state of colorado where it is legal and uh they have lots of player props so check that out if you're into player props um DraftKings hit me up for that sponsorship and nicole Jokic, i am taking him under 13 and a half rebounds and i i get it Nikola Jokic, one, gobbles up rebounds like nobody's business. Two, like... Is the biggest guy they have Kelly Olenek? No. Like, is that it? No. He's the biggest guy in their starting lineup. Biggest guy they have is Walker Kessler. 
uh, the rookie out of Auburn, who has been getting more and more minutes. And basically, at the end of the preseason, uh, in terms of the center position, which is a little bit weird because they don't have – I mean, unless you're going to consider Kelly Olenek a true center, which I don't. Right. Um, they don't. The Jazz don't really have a true center in their starting lineup. But if we're calling Kelly Olenek essentially the the de facto five in that starting group, I mean, him yep. and Walker Kessler are almost at about 50-50 minute share right now um, for that center position. You know, you might see Olenek get like 25 and Walker Kessler get 23. And the thing about Walker Kessler is that man is a mountain. You know, he is an absolute beast of a man, and he is he he is not on the team for his offense, let me tell you that. So, like, that is that is a concern I have, one, is that Jokic is going to be going up against Kessler for, for a decent chunk um, in this game. The other concern I have is Jared Vanderbilt, man. Like, that guy. Vando is a gobbler. Gonna, yep, he'll take all the start, rebounds. You know, he is starting for Utah, so I think he's going to get a lot of uh, rebounds as well. They just have – and they just have a bunch – they have hustlers, man. And they got a yeah. bunch of good rebounding forwards, like Laurie Marketing, yeah, a, yeah. a surprisingly good rebounding forward. Rudy Gay, a surprisingly good like rebounding forward. Like they have um a lot of guys that I think will get the boards. And I just think 13 and a half is really high, especially big now number. that yeah. now that Michael Porter Jr. is back. You know, you know he's gonna be getting some uh, rebounds. Yep. You got Aaron Gordon in there. You know that Jokic is going to sit for, you know, potentially maybe a little bit more because it's the first game of the season and they've got this back-to-back and this three and four games that they're playing. Um, there's a lot of – there's just a lot of reasons, like, for me to be like, you know, if this was 10 and a half, to me it's a lot harder decision. But at 13 and sure. a half – 13 I'll, and a half, it's just a huge number, man. Plus, it's a plus huge number of, out of gate. Yeah. So it's positive money as well. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll bet $100 will pay you 110 So – yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. I will, uh, I'm not saying that I don't think Jokic is going to have a great game. I just think 13 and a half rebounds is, is a little too It means you're getting 14 boards. If, if yeah, you, he's got to get 14, 14 boards. boards in the first game, you know, okay. I'd be great, but I, again, not where I would bet. If right. you're asking me if I'm going to, you know, if I, sh- which one I should bet, I would bet that he is not going to get 14 boards in the first game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. It's, it's just, like I said, it's just too big of a number. And I think the reason it is so high um, is exactly what you brought up when we first started talking about this is I think most people look at this jazz and they're like, well, Kelly Olynyk's the guy who's going to be trying to be boxing him out. Like, and they don't, they're not really thinking about it more than that. Well, they're looking um, at the, they're also looking at the the injury report. Right. I mean, that's your only other real center. Right. Right. Is, um, you know, other than the rookie. So, right. you know, if as rookie, if you don't have, you know, him, then you're looking at, okay. Uh, if Walker Kessler gets minutes, that's one thing. If he doesn't, then yeah, you don't have the other big dudes. You know, you would assume that uh, Jokic can go ahead and rebound over Jared Vanderbilt. Now, that might be a weird assumption because Jared can just he's Jared got maggots will fly for in from five feet. Oh my God, Jokic! Yes, and snag that. Yes, thing. yep. I uh, yeah. yeah I mean, if, right. if there was a tip off between uh, Vando and Jokic, I might put my money on Vando. I'm Vando, like yeah, I, I don't right. care that he's five inches shorter or whatever. But his vertical leap is probably five inches greater than Jokic's. Uh, Fifteen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it balances out there, um, and that's yeah. That's another thing. I mean, we as Nuggets fans um, are pretty familiar with Jared Vanderbilt. Yep. A lot of people probably really aren't. You know, like yeah, he found a groove certainly in Minnesota. He found a, you know, he found he caught on on the NBA and is and is now a guy who's pro- looking like he'll have a you know pretty decent career. Yep. But he's not a guy that like anybody is thinking about when they were thinking about Minnesota. And Minnesota is not a team that you know. Unless you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, you're probably not watching too many Minnesota games throughout the year unless they're playing your team. So, right. like, he's a guy who I think flies under the radar and people don't realize, you know, how good of a rebounder he can be. Um, and then they, you know, I mean, let's just be honest. They see a bunch of stiff white dudes who are the rest of the bigs out there, and they're probably wondering to themselves, like, sure. I'll take I'll take the the stiff white dude who's the back to back MVP. Uh, and, yeah, you know, and I get it, I get it, but again, what yeah, I get it, but yeah, thirteen I, I and a half is too high for me. It's too high. Yep, I'm with you. Too high on that one. Um, let's move on to the final fast break bit. This one I went back and forth with because I think he's probably getting Jared Vanderbilt mostly on defense, um, or it will have Jared Vanderbilt defending him. Uh, so there was also a over under on the points here that I thought was, was, was intriguing. I think it was like 14 and a half, but um, essentially Michael Porter jr. Points rebounds and assists 21 and a half. I am taking the over at minus minus one fifteen on this because 
one, I'm, I'm like totally already invested in MPJ having uh, an amazing season since I have a lot of money riding on him to win most improved player. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just think he's going to have a big game. And the only thing that makes me hesitant is like, well, he could get 30 minutes of Jared Vanderbilt just playing hard-nosed defense against him. And then that, that like Vanderbilt's one of the guys who's got like the body, right? Uh, the And the, the athleticism and just the, the physical length to cause problems for a, a player like Michael Porter Jr. So it does make me concerned, but when I'm thinking, okay, he's got to get 15 points and seven rebounds to hit this over, um, and who even cares about the assists? Like 15 and seven doesn't seem very much out of the realm for a normal, like I, I assume Michael Porter Jr. averages above 15 and seven. Um, for the season. On, here, on the season, yeah. yeah. So exactly. it's, I, I, I think... And also the fact is like somebody other than Jokic is going to have to score tonight to win this game. And I'm not so sure um, where Murray's going to be at coming off the hamstring in PJ, you know, he played all five preseason games. It, it really doesn't look like there's much limitations on him. Um, I could be totally wrong and he could end up right. playing 25 minutes and blow this whole thing up, but actually, I mean, 25 minutes, MPJ could definitely get 22, a combination of 22 points, rebounds and assists in 25 minutes as well. So I, I, I think this one probably pays out. I'm probably a little bit more hesitant on it um, than I am the other two because, like I said, of the Jared Vanderbilt factor. But the fact of the matter is, is if Vanderbilt ends up, you know, covering Jokic um, or ends up on Aaron Gordon, like I will take MPJ. I'll take the, that line uh, with MPJ being defended by Laurie Marketing or uh, Kelly Olenek. All 10 day. times out of 10. All day. Well, and MPJ's got... The thing is, I mean, he he averaged 19 and seven when he was healthy in like, what, 30, 31 minutes. Right. You know, on like 13, 14 shots a game. Right. So I, it's not you're not asking for the world. You know, he's already shown in the preseason. His shot is already back. He's yeah, got he's it. It's not a problem. His shots there. Um, he's he's going in and he's fighting for rebounds. He's, you know, he's trying, um, right? <laughs> As Jokic said, right. He's connected uh, to like what it is they're trying to do, and he's always been a rebounder. That's right. His gift as a, a phenomenal rebounder. Yes, and, and and so you would expect him to be able to get those. So if we think that Jokic isn't going to gobble all the rebounds because MBJ is in the game, then you have to assume that MPJ is going to get the rebounds, and then you bet that he's going to get them plus make some shots, right? Because I fully expect him to hit threes, you know. That he was four yeah. threes and get some free throws, and he's got his points. He's good to go. There were a lot of MPJ bets that I was going back and forth where whether it's the uh, Michael Porter Jr., the over-under on threes, and it's plus 120 on the over, two and a half. Yeah, would felt feels pretty darn good. Uh, yep. Jokic, now minus 130, but Jokic over under a half. So if Jokic hits one three, that bet pays out. That one feels pretty good. Um, MPJ is five and a half is the over under on his rebounds, uh, points. He's 14 and a half. Like there's a lot of good, I think quality MPJ bets here. Um, but again, I, I really feel like it's contingent on whether or not on how much he gets Jared Vanderbilt, because I think absolutely that guy is the difference maker. And, and it's basically, you're kind of, you're kind of bouncing between like, you know, Jokic is you know, like, we we're talking about his rebounds versus MPJ and it's right. points and rebounds or whatever, like you're kind of figuring whichever one Vanderbilt will probably make one of those bets not pay out. But uh, that means the other one probably will, because that other guy's not going to have to worry about him um, as much. It's so weird to be like looking at this and be like, Jared Vanderbilt is the, the deciding factor in this Utah jazz matchup. And it's, Oh, Tim Connolly. <laughs> He's just playing around and having fun. still. good for him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know why he hates Vando so much, but he's traded him twice, and it's never made any sense to me. Uh, yeah, no, it didn't make sense the first time, and they're like, "Well, we had to," and then this time he's like, "Well, I have to." I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, I mean, in that sense, yeah, you're getting Gobert. I get you're going to take a big swing, but still, right? Oh man, I read a I read an article about uh, Minnesota and the Gobert trade, and it just the whole thing just read to me is like them really trying to convince themselves that they didn't make a massive mistake. Right. So that's a little side tangent there. All right. That's going to do with our fast breaks, fast break. That's segment. I am taking the Utah jazz plus seven and a half. I am taking the under on Nicole Jokic, 13 and a half rebounds and the over on Michael Porter jr. 21 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. It's funny. We didn't even talk about assists. Like I said, if MPJ gets an assist or two, that's all gravy. Yep. That one. 
Um, okay, let's let's look back here real quick, Gordon, to the preseason. And I, I like I said, I want to keep it kind of short and sweet because we've got bigger things to talk about. But give me one player who you were impressed by and one player that you were disappointed by. Um. Okay. Uh, player I was impressed by would probably be Ish Smith. I yeah. was expecting him to get a lot of DNP. We said, we said on the very first uh, episode of the reboot of this pod that we didn't even think Ishmith would be on the roster today. Yeah. And yet, like, now it's like, dude, we need Ishmith. Like, yep. because, like, that, I can't think of a better third string point guard than that guy. Like, I, and I wonder, it's like, man, I, like, oh, I was like, I played him. Like, how is he not like a regular backup yes. point guard for somebody? Well, and, and again, people are like, well, just watch him during regular season. And I'm like, I, I understand. I've seen him play before. Get me, don't get me wrong. He's been in the league for a million years. Like right. I, I have seen, I've seen right. Smith play in, in the NBA. I've seen him torch the Denver Nuggets. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, but it's, it's very much a, um, uh, a situation where I did not expect him to be um, as commanding of the bench offense as he ends from, from the get-go. Right. Like the Nuggets, you know, have had a lot of um, backup, you know, veteran point guards over the years. And very few of them have been um, impressive. Uh, I mean, oh, they no just love, no love for Jameer Nelson, uh, DJ yeah, but, Augustine, but like, Harris. Yeah, again, Jameer though at the time was doing a was lot of story. starting. Yeah, well, that yeah. wasn't because he deserved to start; it's because Moutier was awful. <laughs> well, to be fair, that means he did deserve to start because Moutier was whoo. Here's, uh, Moutier, speaking of, got a what, exhibit 10, or he's essentially got a G League contract with they gave him the 10 Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, with the Timberwolves. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, Tim. Best of luck to him. Best yeah. of luck to Moutier. Like, I, I would love for it to find a click for him. All the skills, all the skills and the size, but just yep. never put it together. But, uh, you know, for Ish Smith, I uh, I thought he was going to be undersized and and not happy in the kind of role he was going to wind up getting. Um. With Bones playing ahead of him and, you know, the need to get Bruce Brown in, I was expecting Bruce to play a lot of uh, um, point guard. Yeah, it seems like Bologna is too. I still am. But there are now now times where I absolutely want to see Bones off ball and Ish on ball. Which Bone referenced that in a press conference this week too, that, you know, they might put Ish and Bones out there together. That's what I'm saying. Now, that that won't be a great defensive lineup. It would be bad. Yeah, well, it's it's just one of those things where if you get to um, carve up a team, if that's what you're looking to do, you could do it with that unit, right? You know? a, so, a good change of pace unit that can really, yeah. Like, you know, if you're if you're give yourself five minutes offensively, yeah, yeah. If you're like we're not scoring, okay, get me my guys out there to orchestrate, and that way you can you can go ahead and make something happen. Right. Um, and I I have no problem with that at all. So yeah, Ish, I guess would be a, a guy that definitely surprised me. Um, as far as guys that disappointed me, um, I can't really say DeAndre because he did what I expected him to do. Because <laughs> he was already disappointed. I'm gonna say I it, it's it's what I expected. Like I don't. At some point, it's not. He's not. He wasn't bad. He wasn't good. Right. He right. just was DeAndre. You yeah, know, it's, and, and it's so, right what you should expect out of DeAndre. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I would expect DeAndre to do. So he's on pace. Um. I guess the fact that I, I didn't see a ton from Blacko, maybe. Yeah, that's who I was thinking too. You know, it's it's not that he was bad, but he certainly didn't demand minutes by his preseason. Players. Right, right. He didn't look any different than Vlatko has been his whole his whole Denver Nuggets career, which right. is like the fourteenth guy in the rotation. Well, and it's so weird. Vlatko and um and Juancho Hernan Gomez are like the same kind of player where you put them into Eurobasket, you know, and and you are astounded by how they're playing. And you right. put them in the NBA, and they become wallflowers, and it's a very and they become steps. phenomenon. I mean, yeah, just... <laughs> it's it's yeah. fascinating. So again, it's not that I don't think Vladko is deserving of minutes at some point during the season, but he didn't demand them in the preseason, and that's right. that's where I'm at. Yeah, he did nothing to separate himself, and it's going to be tough. He's got nausea ahead of him anyway. Yeah. yeah, but apparently DeAndre Jordan as well. Well, um, yeah, you know. Well, you know, and so you've got you've got Jeff Green who's going to be getting minutes. Yeah, and apparently Jeff Green as well, right? And these you are know. so you look at like okay, maybe Zeke Naji, who I you know had a good camp, but I thought you know his preseason was kind of up and down, but it wasn't. Um, there was a lot of up there yep. as well for him, you know. But so maybe not Naji, but for a guy like Vladko, who's you know a younger guy who shows out in the international game, who's uh, 
basically going into what his third year now, third or fourth year with the with the Nuggets. Um, you would expect him to be able to beat out DeAndre Jordan, and you should expect him to be able to beat out Jeff Green. I get Jeff Green is a little bit uh, timeless, but you know, like there is. Uh, there is should be an expectation for a guy now who's basically starting to just look at entering the, the prime of his career um, or at least certainly be at the point where you okay you've had time to figure some things out you would expect him to be passing up guys who are mostly on the team for a locker room presence because there's a part of that 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 Vlatko fulfills right as well it's like he's there for a locker room presence in the sense that like hey him and Jokic can speak the same language and right fluently and like talk about things back home and stuff like that and I get you know for anybody listening out there who um I understand that yes Jokic is from Serbia and 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 Vlatko's from Slovenia and there's some um, bad blood there from the 90s but these guys came back after all that I mean they really did um I think I, I, those guys are like best buddies and so you're getting you're getting that that sort of quote-unquote locker room presence for Vlatko but at this point like you're expecting him to I mean it's kind of like to me it's kind of like it's put up or shut up at this point for Vlatko and, and, and as a guy who is you know one of the biggest Vlatko I, I've been called the original Chan Stan like true. Uh, you know, I, I love Vlaco and and I think he's I think he's got a lot of potential, particularly on the defensive side. You know, he's a guy who I always look at as like, hey, he can be a really really good defender, and if he can just knock down threes in the corner, then great, you're a role player um, in the NBA. But he just hasn't been able to do that, right? He hasn't been able to hit that outside shot with consistency. Um, I will say this: I like there was I saw some flashes that. Uh, maybe wanting to see Vlatko more as the small ball five in that backup unit, because I think he's probably the closest of anyone who's a quote unquote big, or who you could pass off as a big, he's probably the closest one to being able to uh, emulate some of the passing um, and some of the playmaking that Jokic does from that big position. I think we saw some flashes of that this preseason, but outside of that, like, there's just not enough offense there for Vladko to to justify rotation minutes. So yeah, that's when I was thinking. It's funny you brought up the two guys who I was trying to think of because I really there was not a lot of disappointment for me. Um, no, in the preseason. But every, everybody did what I wanted them to do, except for you know uh, Murray pulling a hamstring. But otherwise, right. everybody did what I wanted them to do. Basically, you know, you had all you had Bones showing up. You had MPJ getting that shot rate. Right. You know, uh, Gordon looked fine. Jokic was yeah. just, you know, Jokic did his Jokic, Jokic was just stuff. messing around. I don't even yeah, care. Exactly, what right. Yeah, exactly. As long as his hands haven't fallen off, everything is kosher. I'm, I'm good to go. Like, I don't care. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, when we talk, when I think about guys like uh, who I think impressed um, you, like I said, you said the only two guys who I really could come up when I thought about maybe being disappointed. And I, and I really, I a hundred percent. I mean, Christian Brown, I mean, I, yeah, I, but he looking. kind of pulled it together there at the end. He right? did. He like, got better. Yep. You know, he started, we started to see him knock down some shots. We saw that, that sneaky athleticism that he has. Um, it was like maybe the last game or the second to last game of the preseason where like, he really put in some solid minutes there in the second half. Yep. Um, when granted, again, you're playing against a bunch of guys who, you know, half of them are in the end of the rotation and the other half are playing down in the G league, but like he's, he was in, better in that than moment, that. Yeah. That yeah. he, he took over the game in that moment and was the best player on the court. So I, I I'm with you. Like, yeah, he was, you could tell the nerves were there early yep. on, um, but they will be when out. he gets real minutes too, which is yeah, be sure. bear with it. Like sure. the guy, the guy's passionate. And when you're passionate, sometimes the moment like, you know, gets to you. When he right. when you watched him like clank that first free throw he took, like just overshot the mark by hey, like three feet. He did it better than Jack White, though. There you go. Wow, I don't know what happened with that Jack White free throw. Um, man, like I I don't think I've ever seen somebody shoot a free throw and hit the backboard above the square. <laughs> I was like, hey, if you're, when you're amped up, you're amped up. Right. He was amped, you know. Up. But like... it, it, both those guys were out there chucking air balls because they were jacked. And I'm, I'm happy. Right. Be happy to be here. Right. We're glad to have you. But yeah, I would expect those guys to have some rough moments. But I didn't think Christian had a terrible um, preseason. I, I he had the kind of preseason I would expect from a rookie who's right. never done the you know the whole um, thing before. So. Right. Um, speaking of guys who impressed though, the other rookie, Peyton Watson, I think, you know, we all kind of know where Peyton Watson is. Um, he was, he looked good, man. He looked really good there. 
you know me. I, I'm on the talk to me about Peyton Watson, like maybe middle of next year. Like, I don't, right. then, man. Are we not so concerned that what's going to happen to him is the same thing that happened with Jared Vanderbilt, where you've got like this raw, yep. super athletic, talented guy, and then he's going to end up being really good for somebody else. Yep. Yeah, and so I, that's that's my that's my sort of thing is that I do feel like he's kind of like Vando, and um and so I'm, you know I was I was all hyped on Vando I was like this is terrific and he was a throw in in a trade, um you know to get a pick basically, um and I was pretty salty about it because I thought Vando was going to be better than the pick and I, you know, who was that pick? Who did it well, that was uh we Pro- probably one that we traded away to. Well, that was the one that we gave to Orlando, right? For um, for, for Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It was either we gave it for Aaron Gordon or we gave it for uh, no, because that that would have been post Jeremy Grant. No, I, I I would have thought that what we yeah I think I'm it's, pretty I think I'm pretty sure that that was R J Hampton and that we threw R J Hampton in. Wasn't that the R J Hampton pick? Yeah, that might have been. Which we also traded to Orlando. So well, that's what I mean. We said we said we said we sent RJ to Orlando. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah. So and I, I guess we would have traded Jared Vanderbilt at that point too. So you know what I mean? It didn't right. actually affect us, but it's still one of those things where I try not to get too attached to back of the roster guys who are a year and a half away. Um, but Watson did show some those defensive skills that you want to see from a guy. You know, when it comes to shot blocking and reaction time and everything, for him to do the sort of things that make you think he's worth keep it around um that that four-year contract that he got as a um you know as a back of the first rounder right is going to be important because it gives you those extra years for him to develop and then still give you some time before he becomes a free agent to be useful assuming you don't trade him assuming yeah yeah which we'll see we'll see um but yeah i mean right i i don't know i guess now that we have a new um a new gm maybe things will be different that that has been a long-standing struggle for the denver nuggets though is these first round picks who need a little bit more time to develop yep just some for or or second round picks in case of vanderbilt but like they just don't ever really crack the rotation and end up getting traded um and some of them go on to be pretty good like i think we've seen with malik beasley and jerry vanderbilt some you know kind of become journeymen and make movies with adam sandler Yep. Watch over going. It is, it is what it is. But like, yeah, I, I had that concern with Peyton um, for sure that he, he he's going to end up being really pretty good uh, for another team. Uh, the other guys who I think impressed real quick, I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit that everybody will agree impressed. I mean, Bruce Brown looks awesome. It looks like Bruce like Brown looks exactly what I wanted, man. A great, a great under the radar pickup, maybe the best pickup, uh, certainly best under the radar pickup um, of the off season. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope looks ready to go. Like to me, and I'm not saying that KCP is better than Will Barton or trying to disparage Will Barton, but the fit of his skill set with this starting unit is just so much better than. And his willingness to fit the role. Like the problem was, is that is is that you had Will, who was like, no, I have, I know what my role is supposed to be, and it was going to have to change with the way that the roster was constructed, and he wasn't quite able to pull that off right he wasn't willing to compromise on wanting to be a starter and also wanting to be like a ball dominant guard um on offense who you know played okay defense but wasn't that great like you if you want to be the ball dominant guard who plays okay defense but isn't that great okay then you're the sixth man coming off the bench and that would have fit with this team. Right. or if you're going to play with starters then you've got to be what kcp is a three and d wing who's you know essentially just gonna d guys up and, and then go to the corner and shoot threes Yep. And that, and so, but again, like you said, KCP is one of those guys who looks like he's going to be perfectly comfortable with the role he's got. You want me to do guys up? Great. You want me to just bang and open threes all the time? Terrific. I can do that. You want me to make cuts to the rim and, and get some easy layups? Happy to do it. Right. You know, and, and just watching him do that and watching him figure out how wide open he's going to be in this offense, even in the preseason, was kind of funny. He, uh, he, he curled around a screen in one of the preseason games and was just just completely wide open. And was like, well, I guess I should just shoot it. And he I shot sh- it, and he, he made it. And you're like, yep, that's yep. what you should be doing there, man. But it's it, he's not going to be used to that after having played in, in Washington for a second. Right, where you they're know, with that, Washington when you're defending him, it's like, okay, we got to worry about Bradley Beal, and then everybody else you know, will, will play accordingly. 
uh, and play solid defense on. Whereas like with the Nuggets, when, when it's Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and KCP, KCP is the guy that defense KCP's is like, five. We'll leave yep. him. Yeah, if he's going to beat us, let him beat us. Right. And he's going to be happy to do it. And I, I really feel like for, for him, that particular role was going to be really nice. Um, I was worried that he was going to be upset that his shots were going to go down. Because, you know, in, in L.A., he had that role, right? Right. He knew that he was only going to get seven, eight shots a game, you know, but and and that that was his role in the, on the team. But with Washington, he was playing some more minutes. He was getting some more field goal attempts. And right. I'm like, I'm, you're, I, you know, I don't expect him to get 11, 12 field goal attempts this year. I don't expect that. No, I'd say you're uh, you know, he's gonna, like half of that. Yeah, he could be like about seven again, like he was with the with the Lakers. Right. And as long as he's cool with that, I'm happy to have him because he's perfect for that kind of role. He really is. Um, and I, yeah, and so as long as he seems happy and he does, then that makes me happy because that's what Denver has needed. They couldn't get um, uh, Jeremy Grant to be on board with the role that they wanted for him. Right. You know, um, they couldn't get Will Barton to be on role what they wanted for him. Right. And so uh, at some point, you need a guy who's willing to sacrifice, you know, some shots for the team. And, and it looks like KCP is willing to do that. And as long as that is true, that should definitely help the Nuggets uh, succeed. Because there are going to be games where, you know, they dare KCP to beat them, and he's going to do it. Right. Because he's going to be so wide open. He's like, I, this is shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, all the time. Give it to me all the time. Right, yeah. And he can, I mean, he can shoot. He can shoot the three. Yes. Like, it's not that – he is not Torrey Craig, right? He is not a guy yeah. who is a complete loss – on the offensive side, I mean, he averaged thirteen point two points left per uh, per game. If you slack like you said, off take of more him shots. that way, if you slack off of him the way you slacked off of Tory Craig to cover the other four positions, KCP will destroy you. So I, I welcome that. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I he's a guy. You. <laughs> he's a guy who's who's really changed his outside sh- shooting a lot too. Right. Uh, yes. A guy who who I mean, he was a pretty high draft pick if I remember right. Um, yeah, eighth overall back to Detroit. Uh, you know, and yep. early on in Detroit, when I think as an eighth overall pick, obviously there's a lot of pressure on you to kind of be the man. Right. Um, you know, his shooting wasn't very good, but he was kind of he was a below league average shooter from outside. Now he pushes up to 40% pretty much, you know, regular. I mean, last time he last year he was at 39, the year before that, 41, the year before that, 38 and a half. So like he's he's right there in terms of being a I mean, he's a three and D like he really is. And I don't know the last time you could say the Nuggets had a three and D wing, uh, you know, because I don't know that Gary Harris, you could say was a good enough shooter to call him that. He was um, right before he got injured. Yeah, Gary right, Harris right. had that one year where he was like, I am destroying you from three. I'm healthy. I'm crushing it on defense. And you were like, Gary, and he got his extension and then both of his legs fell off. And that was that. He's, um, I mean, I he's dealing with injuries again. Uh, I, I just, I feel really bad for the guy because he's, he's got a lot of talent and he could fill that role for somebody perfectly as long as his body would hold up. And he's just it, fragile and it sucks, man. Right. right. Um, because he's, he's got a lot of talent and he's got the right attitude. So. But that's really, um, I guess the thing that I see that the KCP does for the Nuggets. All right. To me, there is no secret to the fact that the Nuggets, when made it the furthest in the playoffs with this core, right? Um, when they had Gary Harris, who was the absolute difference maker in that first round against the Utah Jazz, yep. and Jeremy Grant, when they had two very strong defensive wings, one bigger who they can put on the LeBron Jameses or you know the Kawhi Leonard's or or the Giannis when when Milwaukee's in town. And then one who's smaller, who you can put on the Damian Lillards, the Steph Currys, the Devin Bookers. They lost when they lost Jeremy Grant. They were chasing trying to get that back, which caused them to trade Gary Harris for Aaron Gordon to basically get to replace Jeremy Grant. And then they've been chasing trying to figure out how to replace Gary Harris. Yep. And now it feels like they finally finally have it. Well, and more than that, though, they also got the defense on the bench that they were looking for. Right. I don't think Bruce Brown is the same kind of shooter that KCP is. I know Bruce hit 40% from three last year. I'm not right. buying in on that yet. That That's small sample size to me. Um, you know, the year before that, he hit, what, like 28 29%. So I'm not... <laughs> right. <laughs> that There's a little too much variance in there for me to be like, yeah, that guy's a 40% three-forward shooter for, for now. But he can absolutely defend his ass off. 
Um, and they've still got, you know, uh, Davon Reed for, um, for defense in case yep. they need another wing defender. And they've got, you know, Christian they've got Brown. four guys. They've never had four guys who you could be like, yeah, put that guy on anybody two through four. Let's go. Right. They've never had that, you know, it's Peyton never Watson. been. I mean, there's, they're deep. Yeah. They, in terms of wing defense now, they are, they're incredibly deep. Um, yep. should they should that, that aspect should, I mean, obviously things can always change, but it looks like they're going to have that wing defense locked down for a long time. Because even though a guy like KCP, you know, he's on an expiring deal. Okay, great. Well, then now Bruce Brown. Well, he's not. They, they gave him an extra year. Remember? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. So, so, so even he's good through next year. Yeah. So they've they've got this look for at least a year, year and a half. Easy. And then if, if, your plan is, if your plan is working out, you should be at that around that time, really hoping that, you know, Christian Brown is, is kind of pushing. And that was the guys. other thing is that you drafted Christian Brown to go ahead and try to be exactly that kind of guy, a three-point shooter who plays hustle defense, looks like the 14-year-old who mows your lawn, and kills you. Like, it's great. Like, I, I fully expect uh, for for he, him to be that kind of guy. He does bear a striking resemblance to the 14-year-old who mows my lawn. I'm like, telling you. <laughs> I swear to God, man. Every time he gets on the court, I'm like, am I still watching college? What the hell is happening right now? High school That's just. That's just us getting old. That's all that is. I know, but also it's it's the fact that he moves like a jangly kid. That's just his thing. Like, I don't know what up with that. What's up with that haircut either? But okay. <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts, man. Right? Yeah. yeah. Boy, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, okay. Let's move on from the preseason. It is done. We can put it out of our minds forever and never ever talk about it again as we do with all preseasons let's talk about the meat and potatoes which is the game against the utah jazz to open up the season we cannot have a conversation about the jazz utah jazz if we don't without talking about what they did this offseason of course sending rudy gobert um there's probably some other guys involved that deal but none of nobody of consequence right else went to minnesota um but essentially, they send Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. They get back uh, a bunch of guys, the big and picks. The uh, I guess the chief chief among them would be the um, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, the former Nuggets, because they shoot Patrick Beverly. They already traded again, um, and then of course shortly after that. They trade Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. I guess the big pieces out of that would be Laurie Marketing and Colin Sexton. Though I am not, yep. I I am a big. I know I know you're a Colin Sexton stock because yes. I think he's awful. But um, you know that's that. But you know, but these are guys. Laurie Marketing, Colin Sexton. They're they're the type of guys you get in that trade. Guys who were high draft picks who have shown. I mean, Marketing especially certainly have shown flashes of being a really solid player, um, if not potential star player in the NBA. For whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. Uh, now they are going to come to a new team, maybe, and that new team is banking on maybe that fresh fresh start, getting one of these guys to really kind of be um, a star player. I'm trying to think of a time that's ever actually worked for well, a team. I mean, I, Gallo yeah. was pretty good for the Nuggets, right? But I right. wouldn't call him a star. I mean, he never made like an well, all-star game or anything like that. Yeah, but even so, I mean, he was like pretty much the best player on those teams other than Ty Lawson. So yeah, yeah, I mean, he was I mean, fine. Yeah, but it's but your Andre issue, Iguodala was pretty good too. So yeah, but for that one year, for that one year. But when you run into Laurie Markkinen, I he he you know had his whole uh, first contract with Chicago, and then it looked like, they it looked were like, like he was going to be really good, and then it just kind of fell apart. It, just, it, it didn't work out. Yeah, and then he went to Cleveland, and it still didn't quite work out. You know, he's not bad. It's not that he's a bad player. It's just that when you expect him to be a star, he's not that. He's not that. He's a he, he's a guy who fills in. He's your third or fourth best player. Yeah. You know? Can you win a championship if Laura Markkinen is your third best player? I don't know. Your fourth yeah. best player? Like, definitely. I think that's right. like where he's at. Like, like exactly. he can be a really good role player, but if you're expecting him to be a feature player, like – well, it's it's That's Aaron Gordon level player. Is he an Aaron Gordon level player? You know, I guess Gordon, yeah. I mean, different best different styles, guys, right? But I'm yeah. just saying. But as far as you know, contributing what he does, but having weaknesses, he'll probably never get out of. Yeah. You right. know uh, that's why he's the fourth best player. 
Right. Um, but can definitely impact the game on any particular night. So I don't, I don't feel like the Jazz, the Jazz aren't untalented. That's my, my issue with that. Like we expect them to be crappy, but they're not untalented. It's just such a weird roster fit that you're trying to figure out what exactly they're doing, and you right. expect them to move more pieces during the season to continue to tank. They also so, just, yeah, I mean, I, Jordan Clarkson and Mike Connolly have got to be counting their days, right? Because like those guys. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, Rudy Gay, too. I just don't know what kind of interest you're going to get for Rudy Gay. I mean, I mean, some team, though, I can see him being dealt at the deadline, like some team who needs a veteran forward to come off the bench for him. Like, Rudy Gay is perfect for that. But, yeah, I mean, Mike Mike Connolly, granted, Mike Connolly's pretty old, um, and he's getting paid a, a decent chunk of change. But yeah, like, moving Mike for that contract is going to be tough. Right. But, like, Jordan Clarkson, like, for sure, I, I would assume, I'm assuming they've already fielded uh, quite a few calls on Jordan Clarkson. It's interesting that he was the guy that they ended up kind of getting. Because if you think about it, I mean, they got not only uh, – we were talking about Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. They also uh, traded Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, they traded Royce O'Neal. Yep. So they they moved a lot of guys. And the thing that I noticed about this team is they – we've talked about how the Nuggets have finally fixed their wing de- defense. I There's just not a ton defensively. I, well, they, don't, they don't have defense at all. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Well, that's what I'm saying about how the how they're going to play. How can you possibly know that when they're com- when their team has a completely different philosophy, like right. Jared Vanderbilt aside, and new coach, fine. You know, like you know, it's yeah, new yeah. coach, new players, new setup. You're not going to have anything going to work at all the same as it worked last year. You know, it's all gone. So you have to throw out all of your old tape on the Utah Jazz and burn it. While the Nuggets have a very specific you know, identity that is hard to defeat, but you know exactly what the Nuggets are going to try yeah, to do. You know you. what they're going to try to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And even you can be like, well, they, you know, they didn't have Murray and APJ all last year. And it's like, you know, they, they still have, there's still plenty of tape on how the Nuggets operate. You, yeah. You can figure that out. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a black hole of knowledge in that case. Right. Right. And, and the other guys that they're, that they've added that they're integrating the Bruce Browns, the KCPs, those are guys who are, specific role players like that you're not you're not you're not game planning for those role players anyways no matter who it is Ever. so yeah yeah so you're not you're not too worried about that um now who do they who do they have that can actually slow down yo kitchen we'll see i mean like i said I, I think walker kessler is intriguing because he's huge and like he can Jokic <laughs> tends to struggle with with dudes who are huge. Though you know, one thing I'll say about Kessler, like not a not a ton of weight on him. Yeah, he is. I don't know how any different it's any different than Gobert, and he used yeah. to destroy Gobert. He is so, a guy who needs to put on like an NBA body in terms of in terms of yep. getting into the weight room. But the dude's seven foot one. Like that's I know. yeah, that that's gonna. Uh, be but again, he's he's a shot blocker. Like that's his gig. He's always been that. Um, yep. but it's a matter of like he's the same kind of player as like um he's taller than miles turner so like miles turner doesn't really count but like you know what i mean like you're expecting him if you're gonna have any guy that gives you the same kind of look as you got from the jazz last year it would be walker kessler being rudy gobert right which yeah you had no trouble that and like Lynn, i gotta tell you if you're if you're a rookie uh a rookie center good luck to you yeah you're very like. That's rough. He'll remember it forever. It'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good word experience. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like, I think ultimately, like, yes, I I 100 believe Utah did the right thing in the offseason by hitting this reset button. Yep. Because they were, like I said earlier, like that loss to the Nuggets in the bubble, kind of what started this. But then you know what? You came back the next year. You were the number one team in the West, and you you looked like you were going to be good, and then you lost to the Clippers in the second round. And then this year you came back, you won the, the Northwest division by one game. I cost me $1,500. I know it, but, and then what they lost in the first round to who did they even lose to Dallas? I can't, even I believe remember. it was Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say they lost to Dallas in the first round. And then uh, again, you know, I could, I could potentially look these sort of things up, but that would, Oh, well, that, that would require nice. that would require me to hit at least three no, buttons he, he, on the they, man. Dallas, like, yeah. See, why do I why do I check these things? Just, I know we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah. I'm like, I remember Dallas. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it, and and what happens is you have the same problem every time, which is essentially like we're gonna we're gonna basically throw everything. You're gonna do what the Nuggets did to them in Utah, which is hey, guess what? We got back Gary Harris, and now we have. 
Jeremy Grant, like Donovan Mitchell, will see one of those two guys on every single possession. And that's, yep. and you will have to try and beat us with somebody else. And if Rudy Gobert goes off, you know, screaming and one while he misses shots, then like by all means, and they, they, they did try to adjust for that, right? By, by, they had Bogdanovich, they had Clarkson. They like, they did try to add some offense around Donovan Mitchell. So it wasn't just him, but what they did that was also, then it became at the cost of, of defense, right? Because like Boyan Bogdanovich is not a very good defender. I mean, it's just fact of the matter. And so like now suddenly he's your guy who's, who's trying to, you know, defend one of the two forwards on the court. A lot of teams, especially in the playoffs are bringing, you know, multiple forwards or multiple guys who can play the forward position who can score. And you're, you're not able to defend that. And then now you're really relying on, on these guys to score. And I think we just saw it um, too many times in in the playoffs, I mean, this year, you know, if Donovan Mitchell had an off night, it, then you're basically like, okay, Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich got to carry us. And if you're hoping that J- Jordan Clarkson, if you're not, not hoping, but if your game plan ends up becoming Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich have to carry us in the playoffs, you're gonna you're gonna lose in six to Dallas. So I think they nope. made the right move. Like they had, they were never getting any further than where they had got with Mitchell and Gobert as their as their centerpieces. Um. But yeah, they're gonna be bad for a long time. It's, it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, you look at it like a team like Oklahoma City, who finally realized that they couldn't get any higher than maybe like a six seed with Russell Westbrook as their centerpiece. They've been awful ever since. You know, you right. look at you. I'm trying to think of some of the other teams who are just just awful. I mean, Sacramento's always awful, but uh, I follow a lot of Kings guys. I'm, I'm off on a tangent here. I follow a lot of Kings guys on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, it's it never fails, man. The optimism, God bless them. The optimism never fails. I probably feel like a bit of a, of a kinship with Kings fans because they pretty similar path to the Nuggets through the NBA. But uh, yeah, people are people are excited uh, about the Kings, and and we will see. But generally, when you start dumping star players, like yeah, the the rebuild does not happen quickly. Like we were saying before, and I've been trying to rack my brain as we've been talking, thinking of a time where a team traded a star player and the guy that they got back, that young player they got back ended up turning into a star himself. Um, And I think the best example I can come up with, right. Would be Victor Oladipo going to Indiana for Paul George. Like there was that moment where like, Depot was flashed really hard and right. looked really good, but then he got hurt and he's never really been the same. Right. So yes. outside of that though, I don't know of like you trade your star players, like, like Utah, especially two of them, like you trade it. I mean, you traded your, basically your whole core for spare parts that you'll, you'll move. And like we said, a lot of these guys won't even be on the team at the end of the season. It's just they're just not going to be good. Like it's it, it's painful. You've got a fan base that's going to support you no matter what. But you know the the moves they made this offseason are for for the Utah Jazz to be good in 2027, not 2022. 2023. Well, the problem is, is once you decide you have to tear it down, how long do you want to wait? Right. You kind of want your guys to still be good. Like the Nuggets have already been through this, where you know they were like, well, if we just hang on, and they didn't have guys that they could trade when they were willing to trade them. Right. Um, you know, when, when we were blowing up the uh, George Carl era, they couldn't ditch everybody at that point, right. or at least they didn't ditch them. They right. just thought they, they'd replace them and, and continue to win with Brian Shaw. And, and that definitely freaking, did not happen. Oh, man, that offseason. <laughs> if, if you ever want to see, like, the most Whew. terrible offseason, you, you hired Brian Shaw as your coach, and you brought in J.J. Hickson, Randy Foy, and Nate Robinson. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, I drafted yeah, Eric was... Green. Passed on Gobert to draft on Eric Green. To draft yep. Eric Green. That was a... Yeah, Tim no, Conley struck out across the board on that one. Ooh, he was a brutal no, honestly, though Honestly, in Tim's defense, I think I think Josh Crockett probably had a lot to yes. do with that. that Tim had been here about five minutes by the right. time they had to make all those decisions. Right. So. Josh was kind of running the show that during that time. And then quickly realized, wait, Tim's definitely way better than I am at this, so I'm going to Get the heck out of the way. Right. He's the owner and he did what owners should do. And he went the talented guys you hired run it. Right. I mean, it's a good lesson for everybody to learn, you know, that we all have our strengths and some of us have a strength of having a huge pocketbook. And some of us have a strength of being able to evaluate talent. And some of us uh, have a strength of being a trust fund baby. Yeah. What man, do what you're good at. Yeah. Hey, you, know? you can't, you he's, can't, he's got skills. Apologize for your circumstances. Area. I hear you. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and so far it's paying off for the nuggets in the sense that even though they keep somehow losing their general managers who are, you know, all winning awards, they continue to get good general managers. Somehow. I said not, this, I said this uh, right after Josh's press conference, um, after Tim had left there, the Nuggets fans should have absolutely the utmost confidence in Josh Kroenke to find um, a GM. He is thus far two for two, uh, two of, I mean, a lot of people would argue the two best GMs in the entire NBA um, forgot their first shot with, with, Josh Kroenke and the Denver Nuggets. So, um, no, yeah, and boy, you got to unlike Tim Connolly's first um, offseason. Calvin Booth, right now, it seems like he's fantastic. Cal, yeah, Calvin Booth's been knocking it out of the park. Basically, everything that we've been saying for two years, three years, right. the Nuggets have to do this to be serious. They're now serious. And I'm yeah, like, great. The, the only head scratcher was, was DeAndre Jordan, but it's like it's a vet minimum contract. So like, Look, whatever. this offseason, I went from, uh, you know, the first hour or the first minute of free agency when they signed DeAndre Jordan. I'm like, you guys spent like the last was, 90 days your opening move. preparing like feverishly to add DeAndre Jordan. I'm like, and, and I'm watching all of the, you know, the defenders come off the board. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, there's only like three guys left that I would take. One of them is Bruce Brown. Like, what is happening? Why did you not like focus on that guy? And then they sign him. Yep. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Thank you. Like I was terrified that we were going to get nobody. And instead they got one of the guys that was at the top of my list. So excellently done. Thank you, Kelvin. Stop stressing me out. But otherwise, thanks. Uh, all right. Get back to the game here. Uh, as we are running out of time. We would never um, do that. Jamal Murray, MPJ, Gordon, what do you, what do you think? I'm thinking, I'm thinking probably Jamal somewhere in that 25 minute range, 20 to 25 minutes. 20, 25. Yeah. And then gonna... MP, MPJ add like five to that. He's probably somewhere in the 25 to 30 minutes. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I think. Um, and I, and again, I do not expect Murray to play against Golden State because they're going to want him to play the very next night in the opener. Right. Meanwhile, right. I do expect MPJ to play in against golden state and i don't know that i expect him to sit but i expect him to play fewer minutes in the home opener yeah i mean if the preseason is any indication there at least seems to be some understanding or some some give from malone that like hey if mpj wants to play i'll let him play um you know so i think there's certainly uh, yeah i I think if 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 mpj says hey i'm I'm ready to go and i want to play you know, every game that I can, I, I think they're going to play him. And, and well, like, I, I mean, he looked good. Like he looked, nope. he looked back hundred percent. Jamal's I mean, there, there's, I think about that buzzer meter he hit um, off the glass. I know, right. There, right. That like that, it was like, yeah, that's classic Jamal right there. You know, but it's harder to tell because he got hurt in that first game or second game, whatever it was. Um, and then we haven't seen him since. So yep. he's not only, you know, he didn't ever get a chance to like get his feet he didn't under ramp him. up. Yeah. And now he's, yeah, now he's got to do that in the actual regular season. So yeah, it's, I, as Jokic said, he's going to be terrible for about 20 games, uh, but we'll be all right. <laughs> Just hilarious. I adore him so much. He is a, he is always good for a good quote. So yeah, I, I think it sounds like we're on the same page there. Those guys will um, get some minutes, but probably a good, good five to 10 below what we can expect. Their average for the season will be probably five minutes below for MPJ and 10 for, Jamal Murray. All right, let's close it with this. I mean, and we've kind of already talked about this. Um, is this a trap game? It's weird to say because it's the first game of the season, but I, I feel like this is a definite trap game. Because I feel uh, like you're you're looking over Utah, you're thinking about Golden State, you're thinking about, oh, I'm gonna play three games in four nights. You know, your Utah sucks, right? And then all the other reasons we've talked about about why why we're taking Utah plus seven and a half on well, the betting lines, like, yeah, I again I will not be surprised if they lose this game. I mean, it's one of these things where the Nuggets always struggle in Utah. Like, I, I don't know that it's a trap game. I think that the Nuggets always struggle in Utah. Yeah. Utah's like, a tough they, place to play. I mean, it's yes. just, everybody struggles in Utah. Well, right? and, like, and that Denver had their training camp at sea level. They're not acclimated to, you know, yes. to um, uh, the altitude yet either. So it's right. not like they have the normal advantage of, unlike you other teams that come into Utah, we are used to this. Right. They don't have that either. So it's an even playing field. You've got some, you know, unknown quantities. 
some guys getting their first real exposure with the team. You know, I, I don't expect Denver to lose, though they could, but I certainly don't expect a blowout. I, I don't know that it's, I would call it a trap game because I don't think anybody's overlooking anybody. I just think first games are tough and it's not your home crowd. You know, right. you're opening on the road yeah, with some questions on your roster. And yes, you are having to plan out your first four games. Cause like you said, it's three games and four nights starting on the road. You're, you don't get home until game three, which is on a back-to-back, you know, so you're already shuffling stuff around. Right. On, yeah, the, most, I, on the toughest back-to-back you can have, too, coming from the West Coast. On a, a West Coast national TV late tip to a Denver the next night at 7. That is – that is, and it, I mean, you can, you can talk to anybody who's been in NBA circles. They will all tell you that is by far the – like universally agreed upon the hardest back-to-back to do. And, yeah, the Nuggets yep. – the NBA season schedule uh, makers did that to the Nuggets, which one real quick point on that. Like, man, coach, like just stop bitching about the schedule, dude. Like it is what it is. Like that's one of those things that grinds my gear. Malone is always like bitching about the schedule. And it's just like. Nobody ever likes their schedule. Right, dude. No like, one in the history of the NBA has ever been like, my schedule is awesome. I just think about it from a, from a leadership standpoint, like uh, players can bitch about the schedule, but you're the coach. Like you, you yeah. should, you should come at it with the men- mentality of like, it does not matter what's the schedule is the schedule. It does not matter. Like we are, we will be prepared and we are going to win this game. Like uh, I, at least, I mean, for me, that's, that, that's the way I approach leadership, but uh, obviously I, I, I build buildings and do electrical work. Look, man, he makes I don't get paid millions to, to coach yeah. basketball teams. Exactly. So. <laughs> Apparently he's doing something better than me. Uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. I wish I had been born to an NBA head coach too. That would have probably well, yeah. being taller than five six would probably help too. Hey, five seven and three quarters. Let's, <laughs> let's get it right. Uh, <laughs> all right, and with that, we will close this episode of the Pickaxe Podcast. Like we said, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. It's the only place you will get great stats and info like how tall i actually am down to the quarter inch um so you gotta follow us the kind of thing that short men always know that is you're damn right hey and you know i'm rounding that up to five (laughs) eight all day long but uh i am at zach mikosh gordon is at g money nugs on twitter that is the place that you will find us um we're back y'all we're back. back go nuggets and yeah we will talk to you all next week